This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 16. You're listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to accelerate their progress and expand their vision by standing on the shoulders of giants. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Tim Irway from Elite Marketing Pro to the Baller Circle. Tim has been a successful affiliate marketer since 2002. In 2004, Tim launched his first internet company offering financial education products and consulting services. Then in 2005, he started his second educational and training company teaching online direct sales marketing to small business owners. Many of his top students have gone on to create multi-million dollar internet companies in several different industries. Best known for his skills as a copywriter and web conversion expert, his number is on the speed dial of many of the top internet marketing experts in the world. His sales letters and sales optimization services have resulted in millions of dollars in additional revenue that would have otherwise been lost due to poor performing websites and unsuccessful advertising campaigns. Today, Tim is CEO and co-founder of Elite Marketing Pro, formerly Magnetic Sponsoring, founded by one of his most successful students, Mike Dillard, from whom he purchased it and rebranded as EMP. He has co-authored and authored nearly a dozen courses on the subject of internet marketing, copywriting, web conversion, web optimization, and information publishing. I'm thrilled to have Tim on the show today. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for the great introduction. Yeah, no problem at all. Tim, I... I uh, you know, I was great. Uh, it was a great opportunity to meet you at the No Excuses Summit um, and to talk to you at the Platinum Party. I, I, you, you added so much value and I got so much from the summit. And uh, I was really wanted to have you on the show to, to talk about, um, you know, a lot of the things that you, that you mentioned at the summit. But one thing I wanted to dig into first before we get into that is um, I know that before you, you know, became a multimillionaire, super successful internet marketer, you went through some struggles. You had some business ventures that didn't work out, things that you, you know, had tried to do, had some failures. I, I was I was curious to know if you could talk a, a little bit about like what happened uh, before you became super successful. What were some of your failures and what did you learn from those ventures that you used to become successful? Well, I think like a lot of people, probably a lot of your listeners, um, I was attracted to starting a business for the lifestyle and the dream and the freedom and all of that good stuff. And and I really, uh, I really, it made it, it, all the guys that were promoting these kinds of things made it look super simple. Um, you know, they all had their story of struggle and, and I was like, man, I could, you know, that's, uh, th- that doesn't sound that hard. Come on. I, I don't have to struggle that much. So I think like everyone, I was really uh, drawn to this business for freedom really in a, in a nutshell. And so I thought, you know, I could probably stand on the shoulder of giants and, and, you know, do what others have, have done before me successfully and probably do it better. Um, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that easy. Um, and I think, uh, I think my first kind of wake up call to how difficult it was going to be to, to actually be an entrepreneur was when I was about 16 years old. And so at that point, I'd read, you know, Think and Grow Rich. And I was like, man, I, all I have to do is just think about being rich. That's cool. <laughs> um, but that's not quite how the book goes. It's just that that was a catchy title. Um, but it was, it was talking about really having a, a bigger vision and surrounding yourself by, by people that were, uh, you know, wealthy and successful. So I began that quest and I thought, you know, um, if I really want to make this work, I have to be around people that are successful. So the industry that first attracted me was network marketing. 
And network marketing was cool because it was kind of, I guess, entrepreneurship with training wheels. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, I've got this supportive group of people that are way more successful than I am that are, that are basically here to help me build my business. Uh, and all I have to do is just do what they say. Well, what they said was that I had to, you know, do what was opposite of what was completely opposite of my personality, was completely opposite of my strengths. And really, I had a lot of fear. And that was basically approach people, talk to people. And I was very introverted, very shy. I get like shaky when I was around people. <laughs> uh, people freaked me out, seriously. And, and I thought everyone was judging me. And I just didn't feel like I was uh, worthy of success deep on a deep level. So I think, uh, I think my first failure is, you know, it was one that repeated itself multiple times and it was with network marketing. And that's supposedly the easiest way to start a venture, right? So I thought to myself, you know, if I can't even make it with network marketing, what the heck am I doing here? But I really had no choice because as I did try to, you know, get a job and do what I was supposed to do according to, uh, you know, my sphere of influence where they thought, you know, the, the, the vehicle to success, the road to success was to work really hard, uh, you know, get a good job with benefits and any of that sort of thing. And, and I just, I wasn't employable. And so I knew that I, entrepreneurship was really my only choice. So I just kept trying over and over again. And, you know, I guess, Michael, each time I, I failed, I, I learned a valuable lesson. And, uh, and, and then, you know, when, I, when it came to internet marketing, um, I, I really just plugged into the right people. I, I learned what didn't work a lot quicker than I did with network marketing. And I just basically emulated and, and played to my strengths more. And uh, my success was definitely faster than it was with network marketing. By the way, I did finally have success with network marketing when I combined it with internet marketing, uh, but not before. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, these guys get up on stage. They talk about their story. You hear about the pain and the problems and their failures. But, like, I can tell you, man, when, when I failed, when I got evicted from my apartment, like, it, it was more than a story. It was my reality. And it hurt. And it sucked. And I think that's, you know, something that entrepreneurs have to expect. Yeah, you can shorten it. Yeah, you don't have to uh, take as long as I did to figure things out. Um, and sure, there are shortcuts and there are things that you can do, like getting coaching and getting mentorship. But ultimately, when you embark on this journey of entrepreneurship, you're going to take some knocks. You're going to take some punches. Uh, you're going to take some, some, you know, really hard falls. And it's not how hard you fall. It's how quickly you stand back up. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Um, because I, I, I know that uh, exactly what you were saying, where a lot of people get up there, they talk about their struggles, and they make it sound, they make it sound easy, right? They make it sound like mm -hmm. you just get up there, you, you know, follow my course or whatever, and you'll make millions of dollars. Um, and, and that's one of the things I love to talk about on the show is what are the struggles, right? What are the realities that people need to prepare themselves for? Because I feel like if you are more prepared for those setbacks, when they happen, you're not as, you're not as de devastated by it because you were prepared for it. And you know that everyone else who has reached the success that you want has d done that, has gone through those same sort of things. Yeah. Um, so so with that, I'm, so what do you think was the defining factor? When, when did you get to a point where you, you figured out how to be successful and what, what, were the, what was the change in what you were doing before you became successful and what you started doing afterward? So that's a great question, Michael. And I really, I, this is the least sexy sounding answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I really, truly, and, I, and this goes for myself, it goes for working with hundreds of people that uh, have gone from nothing to, to creating successes and being able to have the privilege and opportunity to coach some amazing leaders. And I really think that 90% of it is right here. It's mental. And I really think that you have to have certain beliefs if you want to be successful in any business, in any venture, in anything that you're really passionate about, that you, you, you just really have to, to do these things. And I'd say number one is really just embrace the journey and really, you know, there's no end, there's no destination. It's about constantly improving, constantly getting better and really just allowing yourself to actually enjoy the journey because that's really what this is all about. It's about a journey that never ends. So if you're not loving what you're doing, if you're not enjoying the journey, then maybe you're not doing something that is your strength. Hmm. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, if you're passionate about, you know, weight loss and you're, you know, you're super excited about getting up every morning and helping people lose weight and change their lives and change their health, then you've embraced that journey. If you're passionate about, you know, doing podcasts like this one, and that's what you love to do every single morning. And even though it's hard and even though you meet challenges, if you enjoy it and you realize that, you know, this is not something where I'm going to finish and be done with. It's something that I'm going to embrace for the rest of my life. Maybe it's going to evolve. Maybe it won't be podcast. Maybe it'll be something else later. But it's, it's about embracing that journey. That's number one. Number two is always be improving. Always be learning. Always invest in your education. Uh, listen to podcasts like this one, Michael. And, you know, you know, increase your knowledge. Your most valuable asset that you have is your intellectual capital. That's what's between your ears right here. So by investing in yourself, you increase your own personal value. By having higher personal value, you're able to impact more people. You're able to help more people. You're able to become an instant authority, an expert, or not instant, but an expert authority or authority figure in your field. So that's, that's number two. And number three is really important, too. And this is one that was missing with me, and this is the reason it took me so long, is even though I was learning a lot, um, I was embracing the journey, I was excited about marketing, I was kind of a know-it-all. <laughs> and so be humble, be teachable, be somebody who's able to you know, take advice and listen to people and, and try things and be curious about that kind of stuff. Actually, that's number four, is foster uh, curiosity and desire. Because really, this is an adventure. Uh, it's, it's about discovery. And so you have to be naturally curious and you have to really, when you feel stuck, the, the answer and solution to being stuck and frustrated is curiosity and testing and trying new things and thinking of it as discovery. Again, it's about embracing the journey, right? And the journey is about discovery. Mm -hmm. And then I would say number five is focus on value first. I think uh, Einstein's quote that I love is try not to become a man of success, but um, strive to become a man of value, I, I believe is how it goes. And I love that quote because it really embodies uh, what I believe it takes to be successful in any business is the more you, um, you, you try to add value to people's lives, the more that you're appreciated by your friends, your, your people in your circle of influence, uh, the more you're, you're, you're going to be valued by your audience or the, the people in your, your social circles. And the more valuable you become, the more you can charge for your, for your value. And, you know, when you start, you know, taking this path of entrepreneurship and you embrace the journey, you're always improving. You remain humble. You foster curiosity and, and desire and you focus on providing value. You're unstoppable because you, you've really embodied the elements that it takes to be a success in any business. And sure, you know, you have to learn specific tactical stuff. You have to learn certain skill sets. But those five things 
those are like foundation pieces for success for anyone in business. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like that a lot. Um, so let's say you, someone came, well, I'll just, I'll ask you this just, just here. Um, so what advice would you have for someone who, let's say they don't have a business, they haven't made any money online, um, but they want to, what, where would you suggest that they start? What, what would you suggest that they do to get that ball rolling, to make that first dollar to, to, to start their, their business going? So I think, um, a lot of people ask the question of, and I did too, mm-hmm. you know, how can I make money? Uh, how can I start a business and actually make money? And I think a better question or a more effective question would be, how can I add value? Uh, and so I think, uh, and I'm not saying that's a wrong question. I'm just saying like, like I get it. Cause I, you know, I didn't start this to add value. I started this cause I wanted to change my own financial fate. <laughs> I didn't, I hated working for other people and I thought life sucked, you know, with a job. And so, you know, for me, uh, it was all about, you know, making money. And I think that's where it starts for everyone. But I will say this. If you want to really, um, if you really want to be successful, if you want to understand what it takes to, to really uh, create a business that works, start with the market. Start with finding something that, uh, find a market that you're interested in or passionate about or a, a problem. Um, uncover the gaps in that market. So if you're passionate about, I don't know, like we talked about weight loss, if you're passionate about productivity, if you're passionate about um, you know, entrepreneurship, if you're passionate about copywriting or conversions or doing webinars, if you're passionate about you know, helping people to, to educate their kids, uh, if you're passionate about financial related matters, whatever the case may be, uh, find something that you're passionate about. And for me personally, I love information marketing. I love offering uh, products and services uh, that are digital based, like software and information, because the margins are so good. And sure, I, I totally dig a lot of physical product businesses as well. Um, but when I look for a business, first of all, I look. I start with the market. I start with solving a problem, and really identifying the, the major gaps in that market, whatever they may be. They may maybe marketing gaps where the competitors out there are not doing a good job of of promoting their businesses. It might be service gaps where they're not serving their business as well uh, or their customers well. It might be sales funnel gaps where they've got good offers, but they don't know how to monetize their audience well and monetize their customers well. So every market has, every competitor out there has gaps. So once you find the market, you find the problem, you identify a need, you, 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 you see a desire that you want to fill, then look at the competitors, look at the competition out there and see what they're not doing properly. And then what I would do is I would totally immerse myself in that market. I would immerse myself uh, in you know any events that were being held, uh, any webinars that were going to be put on. Uh, I would network with thought leaders. Uh, and then I would learn. And as I was learning, I would share what I was learning. So I would provide value to my marketplace. And I would do what you're doing. This is an example of that. I want to use something real so people understand I'm not talking about you know anything that's not tested. Michael, you've identified value. You are passionate about something. You've found a need in the marketplace. You're interviewing people who are subject matter experts, who are thought leaders, and you're bringing their knowledge to the marketplace. You don't even have to do it. You're just asking questions. You're curious. You're taking people on the discovery process that we just talked about. And so this is an excellent way to do that. And by doing so, you're, you're providing value to people that otherwise wouldn't have had it. And how are, and the way you're doing it is you're also building a platform and you're building an email list and you're building a following 
So exactly what you're doing is what I'm saying that if you want to be in this industry, if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be someone who shares knowledge, if you want to be someone who connects uh, thought leaders with the marketplace, then this is a great way to do that. And it's a, a very, uh, very effective strategy. It's proven to work. And you know what? The cool thing is, is if it's physical goods, it's very similar. It's not exactly the same, but the process is very similar. You identify a marketplace. You really immerse yourself in that market. You, you uncover the needs, the desires, the unfulfilled and unmet, unmet needs and desires. And you network with other thought leaders in that niche. You, you brainstorm solutions and you come up with something that, you know, uh, that, that the market ha hasn't seen that serves, that fills some sort of gap. And you basically, you know, leverage your network. You do JVs, joint ventures. You, you know, you do advertising. You create increasingly more valuable solutions based on, on what the problems are and what people tell you that they want. You create a market-driven business. And that's really what it, what it takes to be successful. And again, it's a journey. So embrace it. Have fun with it. And I know you are. It shows. <laughs> so, uh, guys, if you're wanting to emulate somebody who's doing this stuff, Look at what Michael's doing. Awesome, right, Tim? I really appreciate that. Um, I, I, so I loved um, the No Excuses Summit. I loved all the people that I got to meet there. Uh, the the great individuals like yourself that I got to network with and, and pick their brains and talk to them about their success stories. Um, but I'm I'm curious, what are your um, strategies for uh, for for growing your network? What 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 kind of things do you do? What would you what suggestions would you make to people who are interested in you know, I guess rubbing elbows with, with influencers and, and, uh, getting to, uh, have people like you were talking about those, those successful individuals that they can learn from in their inner circle. The fastest way, the easiest way, the, the way that works almost all the time is invest. Cause look, like for me, when I was a nobody for me to go and like, you know, try to meet people that were super successful, I'm not, uh, by nature, I'm not a people person. Uh, it's a learned skill set for me. Yeah, I can I can now connect with people, and I can you know really I I've, people think I'm outgoing and I'm an extrovert. It could not be the further from the truth. I started out as very shy, and so for me, I had to to build confidence and I had to uh, surround myself with people that were more confident than me. And the easiest way for me to do that was to invest in coaching and mentorship. So the shortcut that I can, the great equalizer, the great shortcut that I can recommend is find, find a, a, a mentor or a coach that's done what you want to do and follow what they've done and you'll get what they've got. And the fastest, easiest way to do that is to invest in mentorship or coaching, uh, attend events and just surround yourself and, and really be curious instead of thinking when you're approaching people, when you're talking to people, instead of, you know, what can I get or, 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 oh my God, is, is this person judging me? Listen. Uh, really listen and add value and, you know, be curious, ask questions. And if you do those things, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to really naturally be attractive to people versus repulsive where you're trying to, you know, you're freaking out and you're thinking, well, what about me? What are you, what do they think about me? And it's all about me. And you're thinking, well, I want to get this. And I, and if I talk to this person, maybe I can recruit them or maybe they can, you know, give me some knowledge that I need to fill for me. Instead of doing that, think about, you know, be curious, but also really try to add value to people's lives. And the fastest way to do that, I'm telling you, I've, I've worked with, you know, hundreds of people. The fastest way to do that is to invest in your education, invest in being around people because you're going to get uh, more introductions, even the networking alone. When you go to events, would you agree, Michael, when you go to events, every single event that you go to, 
you, you meet somebody, at least one person who changes the game for you, whether, whether it's a connection, whether it's some sort of knowledge that you didn't have before or other, or a joint venture or something like that, that just results in multiples of what it costs to actually be at that event. Cause that's what I've found personally, every single event I've met the right person. I've gained the right knowledge. I've created a joint venture, or maybe I've just met someone who introduced me to a, a, a new sphere of people that I wanted to be associated with and be around or, or, or where I did meet that, that next mentor or whatever the case may be. So that's really what I've found uh, as, to be the quickest way uh, for people to really get started is investing yourself in, in your education. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I, I totally do agree with you. Every, every event that I've gone to, I've, I've met people that have inspired me, that have you know, taught me things that I didn't know before, uh, introduced me to people that I wouldn't have normally had access to. So yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Um, so you are a web conversion expert. Um, what are, what are, what are most people doing wrong when it comes to web, web conversion? Okay. The, the number one problem that I see with people that bring their, their, so we do weekly calls with our acceleration level members. And even though we harp on it over and over and over again, uh, the, the importance of, of understanding your, your market. So market knowledge. And then really uh, how to uh, personify your message to really reach your target market in a very, not surface level, but core way uh, to be able to motivate and to influence them. You got to be intimately familiar with your market. And the best way that I know of to do that is first gain general market knowledge and get really familiar with, hey, what's the big problem that wants, they want to solve? What's the other additional problems they want to solve? What are the big fears that they have? Uh, what are the desires that are not met? You know, really doing an, an inquisition into your marketplace and understanding them, just intimately understanding them. And then everything else becomes easy. But when people bring on their, their copyright or their, you know, their copy or their sales letters or their capture pages or their blogs or whatever, it's almost immediately identifiable to me that they didn't do their homework and they don't understand their market. And the best way to really do that is, again, general market knowledge first and then create your customer avatar. And your customer avatar is the epitome of who you are speaking to. It's like the personification of most of the general market knowledge to an individual person so that you're speaking to somebody who is your ideal prospect for whatever you're selling or whatever product or products you're offering. So it, above all else, uh, as far as, you know, skill sets or, or tactics or any of that stuff, before you start writing a word of copy, before you set up your first ad, before you do any of that stuff, get intimately familiar with their marketplace, understand what drives them, understand what their fears, desires, concerns, um, all that stuff. Understand that stuff first. It'll make everything else 10 times easier. So how do you know if your avatar is wrong? If you, if you, you've, you design this avatar, you pick this, you know, image of who you think your, your target market is, but it, it's not working out. There's no such thing as wrong. There's effective and ineffective. Okay. And you can always test things and there's quantifiable data. Uh, if you don't, if you're not connecting with your audience, if they're not responding to anything that you're doing, uh, chances are you probably aren't, are doing something wrong. And you know, what if you're, it's about understanding, you know, what the process looks like. So the process typically looks like, you know, I get a, I, I get a, uh, someone interested uh, or not, right? And they'll click on an ad or they'll open an email or they'll whatever, right? So you can tell if they're interested or not by an action that they take. If, they're, if they're, you're not getting anyone taking any kind of action, there's a disconnect 
uh, between what you're offering or what you're sharing and what your people want. Um, it could be a copywriting issue, but more often than not, the copywriting comes when you understand what your prospect wants. Anyone can take a headline template, fill in the blanks. We've got headline templates at Elite Marketing Pro. You can fill in the blanks, and if you know your market intimately, that's going to be the easy part. You just fill in the how, how to blah, 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 and you're going to get people clicking on your ad. Okay, and understanding that flow that what happens after they click on the ad, are they going to a blog post Are they going to a capture page or they're going directly to an offer? Uh, what happens next determines the effectiveness or the congruency between what got them to click in the first place to what gets them to move to that next step in the process. If there's a if there's a gap between the click and whatever the next action is, then you know that there's something there's an issue there. Um, so sometimes so if it's. If you're getting curiosity, if you're getting clicks, if you're getting visitors, maybe you're hitting the right button for curiosity, but you're still not moving them through desire. So there's an issue there. And so what is that issue? Is it a lack of congruence between what got them to click? Is it that you're, you're talking to a surface level uh, desire versus the real big problem or need that people have? So that's all stuff that you, you would know if you know your market. So it's really, it's quantifiable. You can test this stuff. And I think it's almost impossible to get your avatar wrong if you immerse yourself in your marketplace and you understand what they want and you interview people and you talk to people with the very problem that you want to solve and it just makes it 10 times easier. Most people don't want to do the work for market research and it leads to a lot of headache, a lot of heartache, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and no results because they didn't want to do the simple stuff in the beginning to do the research and really understand intimately who their market is, who their ideal prospect is. What is, is that person you know, really thinking about? What are they really struggling with? What are they really not getting met in their lives? What are their real pains? What are their real problems? All of that stuff. It's not that hard, but it does take some time to do it. And people just want to skip that because it's not a lot of fun and go right into, well, if I just set up Facebook ads, throw it, da, da, da. and they just, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're plugging into an affiliate product. It doesn't matter if you're you know, promoting something that's proven, you're cloning ads. You can be a me too marketer and get some results. But if you really want to penetrate the marketplace, if you really want to build yourself up as a credible expert and an authority, if you really want to create your own platform and have a following of people who like you, know you, and trust you, you just have to get familiar, intimately familiar with your market. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I like that a lot. Um, so what kind of schedule would you... I, so this is, this is a, I know, a <laughs> very generic question. I know it's kind of hard to answer, but um, you, what's your recommendation for... Um, the, the type of hours that a new entrepreneur needs to be willing to put in. Cause I, I've, so I did an interview with, uh, with a guy named Mike McApinlack, who's from social man project. And he was talking about when you're building a new business, there's two seasons. He's like, there's, there's a season for creation, a season and a season for promotion. Mm. And in that creation season, you have to expect to be putting in a lot, you know, a lot more work than in the promotion season. Um, so, from your perspective, when you're when you're building things up, when you're ramping it up, um, what what sort of expectations of hours do you think people need to need to have when they're in that in that phase? I think more important than quantity of time is quality of time. Okay. Um, so I I like Brian Tracy's eat that frog analogy, which is do the hardest things first. And so for me, and I love that there's a season for everything, and I agree. And and I do what's called chunking. So I chunk my time from creative to promotion. And those are the two, by the way, if you're in business, those are the two most important activities that you can do. Those are the, uh, you know, Pareto's principles, 20%, right? Of the things that get 80% of the results. It's creation, creation, value creation of some sort uh, and promotion. 
and then putting structures and systems and processes in place to manage those things and to create more leverage. Those are the most important thing, three activities you can do. Um, so again, creation, content creation, uh, you know, value creation, whatever form that takes. Uh, that might be brainstorming new product ideas. It might be creating content. It might be uh, whatever. And then uh, the other thing is promotion, which is getting the word out, getting your prospects, getting the end users to connect with your message and really getting them to say yes to what you have to offer. And then creating systems around um, managing and creating more leverage in your business. Those are the three activities that you can do that are going to be the highest value activities for you. And I 100% agree there's a season for everything. I don't think one's harder than the other. I think it requires a different mind space. So that's why that's the reason I choose chunking. I chunk down, you know, hey, early in the morning for me, or uh, not early because I don't get up that early, but, but my first things that I do when it's a creative day, okay, I'll, sh I'll share this with you. I am extremely militant about my time. Typically, I don't do podcasts. Sometimes I make exception for podcasts uh, on Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, but typically, I try to do those Mondays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. I do all of my meetings Mondays and Fridays. That's it. So Tuesday through Thursday is typically um, more creative time for me. And so instead of waking up and getting on calls and meetings, which wear me out, I, I start and do the hardest things first. And I always have three to five activities on a daily basis that I have to accomplish in order for today to be a successful day. If you want to build a mansion, you got to lay the first brick. You got to lay bricks every single day. And so I don't, I don't want to overwhelm myself. I want to give myself three to five. That's the optimal number. Uh, objectives, daily priorities that I need to accomplish in order for today to have been a successful day. And those daily activities uh, work towards my weekly goals and objectives and biweekly and monthly objectives. So the daily things fall directly into my weekly, biweekly and monthly objectives. And then those go straight into my goals. Those objectives, those milestones that I reach as I'm laying the bricks down, each fall into my goals. And my goals take me closer to my vision. So it starts with the vision, chunking down to, okay, what are the goals that I need to accomplish in order to achieve my vision? And then, you know, breaking that down, what are the objectives that I need to accomplish on a weekly or monthly basis in order, or, or, or even, you know, quarterly basis to achieve those goals, to reach my vision? And then what do I need to do today? What are the top three to five things that I need to do today that help me to achieve the objectives that I need to reach my goals to achieve my vision. So just really having that hierarchical structure, I guess you could say, of what where you want to be and what it's going to take to get there and what you need to do right now specifically to, to move you closer towards where you want to be, that's really, really important. And that's part of chunking it down. So for me, uh, early is the creativity it's the product creation. It's the brainstorming. It's the, you know, going to my whiteboard here in my office and really mapping out what, you know, maybe a product looks like or maybe uh, getting sitting down and writing or whatever the case may be, because that's when I'm freshest. And then all the administrative stuff comes later. Um, and then, you know, we could talk about productivity. We could talk about a lot of stuff, but that would take another whole podcast. Uh, and I'm not the best at it. I'm not. I, I am militant about my time in some respects, um, but I'm not really that... Um, militant about, you know, doing meditation every morning. I try, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I get up a little late and I don't meditate. Um, you know, I, I, there's lots of different things that I think are, are valuable. And when I stick to them, I feel a difference, um, but I'm not the best at it. Uh, so I, I'm probably, I probably shouldn't speak to that too much <laughs> if I'm not doing it consistently. Right. Well, I appreciate that. That's, that's great information. Um, so what do you do for fun? 
uh, martial arts. Oh, really? So okay. I do not like exercising. I can't stand it. Going to the gym uh, makes me absolutely nuts. Um, but I love working out with, uh, with martial arts. I've been doing martial arts most of my life. Uh, right now it's Aikido. I've been doing that for 12 years. I'm a second degree black belt, uh, in Aikido and I enjoy uh, practicing and teaching and it's like peeling onions back. There's never, you never stop learning. I've done jujitsu. I've done, um, uh, judo and Aikido. So mostly Japanese, uh, type of martial arts through, throughout my life, uh, Aikijitsu, and uh, so that's what I, I do for fun. I've also got my awesome kids here this summer. They're uh, here visiting for the, for the summer. Uh, my youngest, my oldest is with me full time. Uh, but I have my three, three younger kids here. So, so I get to hang out with them for the summer, which is awesome. Uh, and that's always fun. And sometimes not. <laughs> As anyone with kids can attest to. Uh, but it's always, but I, I mean, it's just, it's what I value, man. I, I love, I love my kids. I love being there for them. I love that I get to work from home and, and be around them and, I just, I just, I, I feel I'm really blessed to be able to do that. Uh, what else do I do for fun? Read. I love reading. I like fiction, um, and I, I, I read nonfiction. But I find uh, that nonfiction I can only do like a couple chapters, and then I'm like, I, I can't absorb anymore. But fiction, I love to to read uh, fiction because it keeps me absorbed, and really just I, I immerse myself in the story and I lose myself in the story. And I think that helps with copywriting and understanding what it takes to to grab people's attention with stories and things like that in copy. So I really, I value fiction. I like watching movies. I love watching movies. Um, I don't watch too much TV shows, uh, except I do get on, on binge watches of Netflix type TV <laughs> stuff. But again, I chunk my time. So for me, it's like a reward if I do what I need to do. I can, you know, relax and watch cool, cool stuff I like to watch. Um, so I, I guess those are the, the things that I do for fun. Um, and uh, travel. I love traveling. I love going to. I love going new places. Every year we take trips. Um, we take business trips that are actually pleasure trips. We a few months back went uh, skiing uh, and snowboarding in uh, Park City, Utah. We we try to do that every year. Take a ski trip. Uh, we're going to do a summer trip this year with our mastermind level people, our seven figure uh, guys and girls. Uh, we're going to do a, a fun trip this summer, or sorry, this fall. Um, with them. So always like to have adventures and try new things and eat new foods and see new places and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that that would be the answer to the fun question. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. It's a, it's a good uh, diverse list of, of activities and things to do to, to keep yourself uh, entertained. Um, well, what I love about fun, Michael, is that I, I've created a business and I think it's very, it, it's, you have to be, have a lot of intent when you're creating a business. And for me, my intention was to create a business that supported my lifestyle, not a business where I had to fit my lifestyle around my business because I might as well have a job. Um, so for me, my business supports my lifestyle, not the other way around. And I think that's really important. And I think when you're first starting out, you're working those 12, you know, 15 hour days and working your ass off. Um, but really, ultimately, the goal is to be able to free yourself from the, the treadmill. And, and I've been blessed to be able to accomplish that, which is awesome. Um, and I think that, uh, that that's really what it's about for me. It's about freedom. And, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, you know, I, like a lot of people listening and watching, um, I wanted freedom. That's the reason I started this business. That's the reason I got into it in the first place. And what I found at first was I found servitude and slavery was, was my path in the beginning. I was a, a still a slave to the alarm clock. I was still a slave to, uh, you know, to my business and, and trading time for dollars. 
but ultimately making that leap to being able to create a leveraged business model to where you can take time off and have freedom. That's where I can help people. And that's where I love adding value. That's awesome. I like that. So you have kids, um, you, you have a lot of activities, you have friends, you, you have your business. How do you balance uh, your work life and your, your you know, personal life? Um, so in the beginning for me, that was a challenge because I didn't have any concept of the value of my time. Uh, I didn't have any concept. I knew intellectually, but not, uh, experientially what it meant to have a a leveraged business model. Um, so for me, it was, it was constantly spinning plates. It was trying to figure out how to, you know, balance, you know, being a dad, being, you know, intimate with my romantic partner. Uh, she's amazing now. Uh, you know, the, the one I have now, the one I had before was not, <laughs> did not support any of my, uh, dreams, did not support my vision. So it was a, it was a challenge and a fight. So it was constantly a struggle. It's not a struggle anymore. It's easy, but, um, but how do I, how do I do it? Man, I just make it a priority. So, uh, so for me, understanding the value of my time, understanding that the, the time that I spend in my business, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. So what are the things that I need to accomplish that are going to move me the furthest so that I can actually break away from, from work and be present? And that's really important. Be present for the other things, the other people in my life, because really life's about the people that you love and know. It's about the connections we make. It's about the experiences we have with each other. And so, yeah, you can be passionate about business and all of that stuff. And I carry that with me in all areas of my life, I'm constantly thinking about business, but there are also times when you're required by, by people who love and care about you, like your children, if you have them, to be present for them and to not be wrapped up in what's going on with your business and in your mind. And so just practicing that and really just saying, you know what, there's a time and a place for me to worry about this aspect of my business. That time is not now. I have to, I can't do anything about it. Worrying about it's not going to help me. Thinking about it's not going to help me right now. Um, what will help me is pulling away from it, taking a break and being present and just enjoying, you know, being around the, the people I love and care about and being there for them and, and just enjoying it. And, and that's, you know, presence is, is important. And I think, uh, I think for me, um, just breathing and, and meditation kind of helps me with that. Uh, taking a break, even if it's not a full out, you know, 20 minute meditation, just taking a break and just breathing and just, you know, focusing on my breath and becoming present for just a few minutes really helps me to, to kind of create those gaps in my, um, it, it, it creates space for me mm-hmm. and allows me to be more present for other things and other activities. And, and martial arts is like the rock for me. So, uh, find something that you, you do that has nothing to do with business uh, that, that gives you energy and really create um, time for that and make that a priority. Make your family a priority. You've got, you've got so many things that you've got to balance. You've got all of your expectations and things like that uh, for work, the things that you have to do for work. You've got the people around you who depend, and love, depend on you and love you. You've got to f- fulfill those expectations. So also find some time for something that, that you love that gives you energy. Uh, there's, a, there's a book. I can't. The name escapes me right now. Um, shoot. Uh, it's, it's, uh, darn it. I'll have to give it to you for your resources section, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you, but it's about effectively managing energy. Um, there's a lot of time management stuff out there. There's a lot of people talking about time management and productivity. Um, this one's all about managing, uh, energy versus time. And I think it's super, super powerful and it's ridiculous that I can't remember the name of it right now. It's pissing me off. Well, Tim, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. I appreciate the, the great value that you provided and a lot of information. Um, 
So I wanted to know before we close out, uh, how can the Baller Circle learn more about you and your business? Sure. So, um, so I'm actually right now as we speak, uh, well, not as we speak, I'm not doing anything. I'm talking to you and I'm present, but, um, I'm putting my personal website together. Finally, it's something I've had on my list for a long time. Um, I, I had a personal website for many, many years and I took it down and I'm relaunching it and, uh, I'll be blogging and, and emailing my list and all that good stuff, uh, about my personal insights, my path on entrepreneurship, uh, marketing, uh, business, that sort of thing, uh, scaling businesses and just things that I'm really interested in and passionate about. Um, so that'll be launching very shortly. I'm not going to give it a date because I don't like to do that if I don't have a specific date and I don't meet it. And then it's like a target missed, but I will very shortly have a, a target date. Um, after I talk to my uh, designer here on uh, the next day or two. Uh, so that's going to be launching pretty soon. That's at timmerway.com. Uh, but right now, my my focus as far as business, as far as adding value and really sharing uh, what what's helped me, I my mission really is to to teach, uh, inspire, empower. There's no greater cause or contribution that I can make uh, than helping others achieve their dreams of financial freedom. And so that's what we've committed to doing with Elite Marketing Pro, our, my core business. Uh, who I am I am just fortunate to have the the most amazing team, uh, the most amazing executive team with Fernando and uh, Matt. Uh, the most amazing, you know, leaders in our company, like our, our uh, you know, Andrew Drawn, who you met, uh, Vitaly, who you met, so many others, Katrina, uh, you know, so many others, Claire, who runs all of our administrative uh, aspects. And, and just we, we just have an amazing team of people that, you know, just have made a huge difference. Tracy and more on customer support. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, we just have uh, Ramiro, project manager. So we have an amazing team that's really committed to that same goal of, of teaching and inspiring and empowering entrepreneurs to realize and fulfill their highest destiny to achieve financial and time freedom. And so we've all committed to that vision. And uh, it's just a blessing to be able to see it uh, impact and affect so many people in so many ways. Um, so that's, that's what I'm all about. And that's what we're about at Elite Marketing Pro. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Tim. I really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the uh, great value that you provided. I, I learned a ton myself, and I know that the, the people watching and listening uh, have learned a ton as well. So, uh, awesome. yeah, have a great week. Uh, you as well, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.